This is a podcast from Rover. Well, Kelly Bennett Farms in beautiful Geraldine, but it's not your typical farm. For 65 years, the Bennett family have bred uh, trophy hunting stags, uh, some of uh, which have gone on to be world record size antlers. Seriously huge. Now, the Bennetts have also diversified into white deer and horn trophy cattle. And when he's not on the farm, Kelly is on the road buying velvet and also a hard antler as part of his other business, uh, Southern Velvet Buyers. Busy man joins us now. Thank you for joining us, Kelly. How are you doing? Very good, thank you, Hamish. Very good. Fantastic. Great, great to know that. Geez, there's never a dull moment. No, 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 not too many dull moments, that's for sure. You always got to uh, keep yourself busy, don't you? Yeah, too right. Absolutely. So, Kelly, this breeding of deer for trophy heads sounds like quite a specialised business. Um, how's the business going now? And did you notice, like, in COVID, did it drop off and has it picked up again now that the hunters are able to come back into the country? Yep, yep. Well, COVID was particularly severe on uh, on the trophy industry because obviously uh, we're 100% reliant on the, on the punters being able to fly here. So, yeah, the, the couple of years of COVID were very, very difficult. Um, but, yeah, they... Outfitters or the hunters are back uh, on mass again now, so it's almost business as usual. Um, but next year is, is going to be better again, hopefully. So yeah, we, we're certainly looking forward to it. I guess though, it's almost that um, everyone wants to come when they haven't been able to. It, it may actually, although you didn't have anything for a few years, it may boost it because people are suddenly able to to, to get back on a plane again. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. The certain percentage of that. The, the guys who hunt the top end stags which is where the money is, they are very busy people and they plan their excursions sort of one or two years out. So it was a bit of, if they can't come during the COVID times, then they they didn't know when the borders were going to be open. So they've planned trips to um, South America or Africa and that sort of stuff. So New Zealand did miss out um, a fair bit through those COVID times and it's going to take us a year or two of being open to get the confidence and everything back again on these high rollers coming through. Uh, so the high rollers, yeah, I guess yeah. you don't become a high roller by sitting on your butt doing nothing. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what do these stags actually like to handle on the farm, though, Kelly? You know, are they hard to get in the shed? Like, are their heads that big? No, no, because the animals themselves know how big the heads are. And obviously the yards and facilities are set up for um, large antlered animals. So mm. that your doorways are bigger, your lanes are bigger. Um, all, of, all of our team knows how to handle them so you know you're bringing in small numbers and spitting them off pretty quick because um, yeah they are they are pretty big so they can get up to um, sort of 76 78 inches tip to tip on the outside wow. which is uh, fairly wide sort of six, six plus feet yeah yeah okay and, yeah. Um, yeah, Bex, I suppose it's a quite interesting question. Well, you know, these high rollers, what are they uh, you able to sort of um, give us sort of some insight into what sort of money might change hands, Kelly, to, to, to have this? Uh, yep, 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 yep. So the, the uh, if we just go back a step, the, the highest per capita earn for the tourist industry is, is the safari business. Yep. Um, so the, I, I think, I could be corrected on this, but it's sort of in, in excess of 20K average per per client right yeah um, wow. but the the, the the prices are anywhere from you know three grand up to a couple of hundred k really for the yeah. for the seriously big ones right 
Wow. wow. Yeah, no, a, lot, a lot of money involved. A lot of money. I remember when I used to try and get the – I took the family the first time. I think I took them to Hawaii, the five of us. I think we did it on a 20K budget. There you go. So there's a, yeah. there's a fair <laughs> bit involved, all right? You want to be you want to be rolling pretty well, uh, to be fair. Certainly, hey, yep, certainly would. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, is breeding ahead for a trophy and for velvet, can you – what are the differences and the variations there? So if, if you're breeding for velvet, you're breeding for beam. Because your the the velvet is a is a weight based payment system, so it's all about bean size. Yep. Uh, whereas your, your your velvet is more about length. So uh, the the longer the point, the more open the head, the more attractive it is to to the hunters. Um, whereas your velvet stuff is typically shorter, because um, your 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 trophy heads uh, takes 180 days, roughly 180 days from casting to fully stripped. Uh, whereas your velvet head, you're focusing on 60 days growth. As, as opposed to like six months. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, these trophy animals are worth a, a lot of money with the, the big timber and, you know, what people want to take a photo of and put on their wall or have mounted on their wall, maybe, potentially, if they've got that much money. But um, there must be, like, it's not like everyone's doing it. They're obviously worth quite a bit of money, but I'm picking it's actually not that easy to grow an animal that's going to fit the specs uh, required by one of these people was that a fair comment yep 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 you're 100 correct it used to be used to be quite easy 20 years ago but uh now um the the hunters are more discerning the outfitters who 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 uh bring the hunters out here are more discerning themselves so uh plus the the bar is lifted as it is on everything so what used to be a a based old stag um is now just a management stag so the, the the bar keeps lifting higher and higher and higher it's getting harder and harder to, to continue to put them out. So what sort of things do you do to grow a good trophy animal? Like, I mean, you don't need to give away all your trade secrets, but like, what sort of management things are you doing to, to get the animals? And how long, when I mean, you said 180 days in terms of the, the um, actual antlers, but it obviously takes a lot longer to grow the actual animal itself. Yep, 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 sure does. Most of these animals are... are they are sort of seven or eight years old. Um, so they've had a lifetime of uh, velvet production. And uh, so if you're going into trophies, it's all about breeding and feeding. Um, you're not going to get the best out of them if you're not putting the best into them sort of thing. So what we specifically do on our block is we used to set them up in, in smaller groups uh, quite early so that they get the hierarchy sorted um, and then uh, feed them as best as we can, really. Um, supplement mm-hmm. them with uh, some, some high-energy pellets and good-quality grass, keep the grass you know, high protein as we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, away we go. Mm. Keep, keep it cool, cool, calm and collected, ideally. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They put all the energy into growing. <laughs> yes, yeah, 100%. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. If they've got it there to grow, you want to get it out of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, you also breed some uh, other interesting trophy animals, Kelly. Where... Uh, where did you get the genetics for the horned cattle? And um, and I guess it involved into to the US, did it? Yes, it did. Yep, 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 yep. So they uh, Texas Longhorns. Uh, we brought them in, brought some embryos in probably six years ago now, I'd say. We brought in 10, 10 purebred embryos. I do believe there used to be a herd down Bull's Way, or up, up Bull's Way from where we are. Yep. Uh, there was quite a number, but that's obviously been dispersed because I, I did a bit of research and couldn't find any animals from it. Right. Maybe there's a listener listening who would know something and they can reach out to us. But yeah, so we brought embryos in. I had a fairly good strike rate, ended up with three cows and two bulls. 
um, on, on the ground. And so, as you can imagine, it's quite slow going building up pure breeds mm. um, when you're starting off with such a small base. So currently we have about 12 animals. This is pure breeds I'm talking. Um, so, yeah, the, the, they are growing. The goal is to get to about 15 or 20 cows, and then we'll start selling some into the market. There's a fair bit of interest from lifestylers and, um, and that sort of stuff. Uh, in the US, they sort of almost pets the steers, um, and the horns just keep growing, and I get nice and quiet, and they just become part of the family. The horns on the, on the big ones, uh, the record's around about 120 inches, tip to tip. Whoa. So that's uh, 10, <laughs> 10 feet wide. Uh, oh. The biggest we've got is, is, is high 70s, about 78, 79, tip to tip, which is a still mighty wide animal, I can tell you. Pretty impressive. Yeah, 70, uh, 70, so what's that, 140, 170 six, centimetres, six. so nearly two metres. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, that's right, about six, six and a half foot, yeah. tip to tip, oh. for the old schoolers. How many you got, and how, what sort of demand, what sort of ends up, yeah, what's the sort of the cycle for a Texas longhorn down there in Geraldine? Yeah, well, they'll, they'll live a long time. Your yep. cows would live for 10, 10 or 12 years pretty easily, um, and the horns just keep on growing. Uh, we have, as I said before, we have about 12 purebreds. Um, we haven't sold anything yet because, yeah, I'm still building up numbers. There's, there's a fair bit of interest. Um, exactly where that interest is going to end up, hard to say, but it'll be in lifestyle market, I would presume. Yeah. I was just thinking, Kelly, like obviously, yeah, you wouldn't want to start popping them off too soon because otherwise we have none left. But do you have to bring in straws or, you know, from overseas to continue the breeding? Because obviously they can't breed with their own, you know, no, so when we, brothers yeah, and when sisters. We in, we, yeah, yeah. When we brought the embryos in, we brought a, a selection of genetics in. So the way I would have mixed and match. Oh, okay. But we, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but we're also, there also is semen coming into the country that we're utilising as well. So we do AI, we've done embryos on them, trying to blow the numbers up. Um, yeah, just trying to get, get numbers on the ground, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Kelly, and do you, uh, what about hunting itself? Do you, are you, are you, do you hunt yourself a lot, or are you in danger of falling into the hunting hipster character, uh, category? <laughs> Definitely hunting hipster. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't call myself a hunter at all. I'd, I'd rather breed the animals yep. than uh, go out in the bush and shoot them. Yeah, no. Nah. Fair enough. Hey, um, yeah, anything to add there, Bex? Because I've just been absolutely riveted by this, the Texas Longhorns and the um, – and also, you know, look, everybody – I'd struggle to know anybody who hasn't said um, – in the in my rugby club in the Northern Man or two back in the day, and these days called the Fielding Old Boys, Arua Stags, but the Arua Club Rooms, we were the Arua Stags and the Stag Heads uh, that were mounted, you know, shot in the Ruahinis and the – Absolutely. To this day, as a kid, I was just completely bewildered, and I still do when I go in there. Just you know, I can look at them, and uh, I think you know they—they certainly, um, yeah. You can see why the—you can see why people want them, can't you? You can see why they're in for demand, and people are prepared to pay tens of thousands of dollars. It's one of those things yep. that not not everyone can have, isn't it? Or yep. you know, it's not easily obtainable, and that makes it exclusive, yep. and that makes it desirable. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 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 They're right. They're right. They're always there, but they're always not always that easy to get, especially, mm-hmm. especially something you're happy to put on your wall. Yeah. Rightio. We have got a herd, of, a herd of white red deer as well, which originated from Denmark. Oh, tell us a bit about those, yeah. Yeah, back, back in the late, late 80s, there were, there were two stags brought in, um, Snow and Ollie were their names, funnily enough, and so all, all of the white deer in New Zealand originate from those two animals. So they're just a, uh, basically a red deer, but they have white shading, sort of blue eyes, 
um, blue eyes and uh, white white coat. So very, very sought after trophy because they're reasonably rare. Oh yeah. But are they easier to hunt because they stand out? Uh, yes, you can certainly see them from a long way away. <laughs> yeah. What were their names again? Snow. Snow and Ollie. Snow and Ollie. I like that. I yep. really like that. Snow yeah. and Ollie. You're a couple yeah, of. Our, our, yeah. Yeah. Our, our main white stag was called Talcum. Talcum. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> good. That's good. Uh, goodness me, Talcum. That, that is bloody good. Hey, Kelly, that is fantastic. Uh, that is Kelly Bennett, farmer, owner of Dare Genetics NZ and Southern Velvet Buyers, which is another uh, busy, busy part of his world as well. This is Rex.